As you, most of you know, if you stumbled in here and don't know, we have, uh, it's a little out of the ordinary tonight. We have uh, uh, three guest ministers in the house. However, uh, for all of you that are, that are regulars to our believers meetings, uh, this is uh, just slightly different, but somewhat the same. Same, same attitude, same uh, commitment to flowing with the Spirit of God tonight. And, and so the rest of the evening from here on out is, is wide open. All right, wide open in time, wide open in content. Um, again, it's interesting. It's different, out of the box. You could say to have three guests. They they came. Uh, they're here for uh, partly for our our Bible college students. It's their last week of school before graduation. And last night, I mean, it was just tremendous. I mean, uh, different. We had three guest speakers, and it was powerful. It was really good. And so tonight. Uh, it's not um, highly orchestrated in, like I said, in time, but even with the three of them, uh, you all know Jim Hockaday. Most of you don't know our other two guests. He'll introduce them in a moment. Uh, but whoever does whatever, honestly, we don't really care. You know, we just want the Lord to have his way and for the move of the Spirit to happen. And if one of them does more than others, we're not no one's fighting for equal time. <laughs> we just want God to move, and if it takes, uh, you know, a while, we're, I'm totally okay with that. So, just regulars, you know that if you're not, if you're new to our Wednesday night believers meetings, uh, you just have to shift a little bit and don't think, okay, they're going to preach about this long, and then there's an altar call, and no, we're not. We don't conduct this service that way. Okay, it's totally wide open, and so just get comfortable and go with it. If it comes time to shout, shout. If it comes time to, to pray in the Spirit, then, then this is a believer's service, okay? And we'll just go with whatever's uh, right for the moment. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, Brother Jim Hockaday is going to come up first. Uh, most of you know him. Uh, he's been here many times, and, and uh, I just love his boldness. And, and I could, if I were to go back and tell you, but even back in the 90s when he was running a healing school over there in Oklahoma, and I'd visit at a, se Amy and I would be there for seminars, and he'd have big meetings, but it, it, he's, his, the way he ministered uh, totally stirred me up to be more uh, bold when it comes to things like healing and, and just to go for it. And so uh, it's just great to have him back in the house as normal. And so why don't you come and let's, Let's do this. We're just moving. Well, it's so good to be back with you. And, of course, we, we love our family. Amen. So, Pastor Mark and Amy. And, of course, it's uh, great to see uh, our uh, brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, and sister-in-law, Ken and Stacy. Amen. And so, thank you for being here. And so uh, it's going to be a wonderful night, really, really great. I, this is a favorite place for me to come, and uh, I just think something's really going on here in Boise, Idaho. I really do. I don't know if you know that that's happening. Can you? Like, like God's stirring the pot here, and something's going on at this church. Like if you had room right now for uh, a whole nother room as big as this, added on, you'd have that many more people right here tonight. You know that, right? I mean, something's happening. This doesn't happen everywhere we go. 
And then the ease at which you can minister and speak with people, that doesn't happen everywhere we go. Um, so we're really excited about what's going to happen tonight. And as uh, your pastor alluded to, you know, we're just endeavoring to flow with the Spirit of God. And of course we will. And I, I want to just share a few things and then get out of the way so these ladies can just begin to take over and uh, let God just minister through them. I really just desire much for you to become acquainted with their ministries. You're just going to love everything about them. And uh, I, I love so much that um, both Miss uh, Leanne and Annie present themselves as ladies in the pulpit who are not ashamed to be bold. Amen? They don't try to be men. They're ladies, but in such a bold and purposeful way. In my opinion, if there are ladies out here that you desire to be in ministry someday, you will watch them, and after you watch them, you'll think, that's it right there. That's a model of what it should look like in this last day. Amen? So uh, just want to just real quickly um, move out of the way. And so this is uh, Miss Leanne Sosby and her husband, Jerry, is here. It's his birthday. Would you please say happy birthday, Jerry? <laughs> He's trying to catch me, but he'll never do it, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he likes that. And uh, this is uh, Miss Ann Durant. And uh, we're wonderful, wonderful friends with them. Her husband, uh, Kevin, and I have been playing golf for uh, way too many years to talk about. Uh, but uh, we love them. They're just wonderful friends of ours. And uh, you're just going to love her ministry as well. So all of us together have many things in common. One of those is we all went to Rainbow Bible Training Center, and it was years ago. That's another thing that was in common. <laughs> Um, and then somehow or another, God, by his wonderful grace, decided to honor us and priv privilege us to be able to travel with Kenneth E. Hagan. Now, uh, some of you may not realize how special that is, but I just did, uh, in the last couple of years, I've been asked to do some prophetic conferences with some people like Heidi Baker and Brian Gearin and, and uh, Paul Keith uh, Jackson and some individuals that in those camps are kind of like Brother Hagin's in a sense. And I met them for the first time and ministered. And, uh, and then afterwards, in the back room, they would say things to me like, so you've, uh, you've been around uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr.? And I said, yes, I know Pastor Hagin very well. Yes, very well. You, you don't know like Papa Hagin, do you? And I said, well, yes, I traveled with him for seven years. And, and then for 10 years, did his prayer school and healing school. I said, he's been in my home. I've been in his home. I said, we called him dad. He called us his kids. And they'd just look at me kind of almost in awe. And they'd say, you mean you know Brother Hagen? And I said, yes, I know Brother Hagen. And then all of them said this. We cut our teeth on Brother Hagen. We have every book of Brother Hagen's. I just think there's such a necessity in this last day for the merging of all these camps. You know, Paul wasn't real big on the camps, you know? Right. And just people to come back and just get full of Jesus. 
and those things that are so wonderful and that flow of the prophetic flow being mixed together with some of the wonderful foundational truths that we've learned in the word of faith. But we just had an honor to be privileged to be with Brother Hagen and to be near that ministry gift, which was a prophet and a teacher, and to be in service after service after service. Uh, Annie and I happen to be a little bit more privileged than Leanne to be, have hands laid on us. You're, you're going <laughs> to find something out that... We like to pick on each other a little bit. Leanne picks on me all the time, so I have to get my jabs in quick, because then she's going <laughs> to... She's going to fillet me in a little bit here, okay? <laughs> Actually, the way Leanne tells it is, I was so spiritual, Leanne would say, that I didn't have to have Brother Hagen lay hands on me. He already knew that I had the healing anointing. So, but anyhow, there's a lot of similarities with where we come from. And so to get together, it just kind of happened. And then it happened again. And now it's been kind of a little bit of a thing that's starting out where people are asking us to come and do meetings on prayer. And so I'm really privileged to be with these ladies. I'm just going to take a couple of seconds. If you'll turn your Bibles over to Luke in chapter 9, let me just share a few things. While you're turning there, uh, we all did bring a little bit of product. I think there's a product table somewhere out in the foyer. And uh, I think I could say this uh, very safely with each one of them. We are fine if we don't sell one bit of product. Okay, so that's not our prerogative. Uh, a traveling minister, if they're going to bring things, should bring it for one purpose, and that is as a blessing to add to anything that you received in that service to be able to give people an opportunity to get a little bit more of that. You know, we all complement one another. And you're going to hear things that your pastor has shared with you many, many times. You may hear it a little bit differently. Uh, when Pastor Mark was up just sharing a few things about the presence of the Lord and how we would never even want to worship God lest he had entered into a covenant with us. In other words, he loved us. That's the reason why we love him. You'll hear a few of those thoughts that I'm going to share in just a couple of minutes. And I'm not going to share for long. But I want to just send a little bit of a, a foundation here for us. And so we do have some product back there. I think you'd really enjoy that if you'd like to stop by. So I've been doing for now almost, well, it has been a year, a little more than a year now. We have a YouTube channel called Adventures in Grace. The whole idea, I always give the prerogative of the reason why or the, the, the purpose of the reason why we do this. And that is threefold. Number one, and I say it like this, for God to become real in your life. And many times I'll say, what I really desire is for God to come out of the pages of your Bible and get into your life. Amen. We don't want to keep God just in the Bible. He's not just a character of a book that we read. Amen. He's the author of the book. And he shares his thoughts in that book to stir you up so that you would have a very personal relationship with him on a regular basis, really all day long. In fact, God's opened up all of heaven through the precious blood of Jesus that you can come as often as you like, stay as long as you like, and get as much as you'd like. So what I'm going to say next is a little bit sad, but it's true, and that is if for some reason you don't have as much as you want, you're not staying as often as you'd like to stay, and you don't seem to uh, experience what you think you ought to, it, it can't be on God. It has to be on us. So I'm trusting that a few of the things that we share here, even tonight, would help to encourage you and inspire you to take a little bit more time with him, yeah. spend a little bit more uh, of a, a um, uh, reality or tangibility with God, so that in every area of your life, you find that God is actually working 
and manifesting so that you've got testimony after testimony after testimony. You know, I'll share this very, very simply, but I've been saved for 56 years. On one hand, people say, wow, what a testimony that is. Have you fallen away from the Lord? And to be honest with you, in 56 years, I've never fallen away from the Lord. I've loved him my entire life. Now, I loved him with a certain amount of knowledge at the beginning, a little bit more knowledge as I've, uh, as I've gone on. Now that I've been in the things where you can actually pray in the Holy Ghost and be healed and expect to experience God speaking to you, I've begun to experience even more. But here's my thought. In 56 years, how many testimonies do I have? Because I've been married to my wife, Erin, which is down here, and you know that's uh, Pastor Mark's sister. And if I give her the mic, she'll have some stories to tell, too. <laughs> Amen. The three of them could probably go back and forth with all kinds of stories. But um, in 30, almost 31 years of marriage, I could stand here for a very, very, very long time. The sun would come up in the morning, and then we'd go ahead through the whole next day. And then it would be nighttime, and the sun would come up in the morning and again. And I don't know how many days after days after days I could stand here and tell you testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of my experiences with my wife in the last 30 years. I didn't marry a love letter. I married a person. And because I'm with her and I'm involved interacting with her, I have story after story after story. Now, here's the sad thing. I don't know how long I could stand here and tell you story after story after story. And yet I've been saved for 56 years with Jesus. You know why? Because religion does a really good job at making us go around and around and around in circles, chasing our tail, so to speak, like a cat chasing its tail. But the objective in religion is for you not to find him. It's just to keep on seeking. Yeah. It's kind of like a greyhound dog race. You know, the objective is not for a dog to ever get the rabbit. It's just to run after it. And if a dog actually gets the rabbit, they'll take it out and shoot it because it's too fast for the race. They're just supposed to run after it. And religion wants you to just keep coming, keep coming, keep talking like you got it. But religion doesn't want you to really get it. Because if you find him, then you won't need religion. And there's nothing about that that is the desire of our God and our Savior. He wants you to experience Him. He wants to wrap His arms around you and touch you. And that's why I mention Adventures of Grace, because every single time I do one of these Adventures in Grace, we do it twice a week, I always start out with my favorite scripture, which is God's, through Jesus, His invitation for you. And listen to it. It comes from Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 to 30 in the Message Bible, and it says this. Now Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father and son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting upon you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Isn't that amazing? 
Notice every single phrase that Jesus says there is about him. Spend time with him. Come to him. Get away with him. Recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Notice how much of it is a personal invitation to actually experience God every single day of your life. And do you know what that is? That is prayer. Prayer is interaction with God. It's not just getting on your knee before you go to, to bed at night. Prayer is spending time with him all day long. Would you look over at Luke in chapter 9 for a second? I want you to get ready for what you're going to experience here tonight. And it's starting right now, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, but we're going to read here from 28th verse to the 36th verse, maybe not read all of them, but it says, eight days later, Jesus took Peter, Jacob, or, or James and John, and climbed a high mountain to pray. And as he prayed, his face began to glow until a blinding glory streamed from him. Notice what just happened. He began to pray. He began to have conversation with his father. He began to interact with God. And as he did, something began to stir in him. And there was movement within his soul and even through his body. I'm so convinced that anything that you do where you spiritually connect with God, it releases the glory of God all around you. Now, our lack of awareness is, is due to and the reason for our little participation. If you don't know that the glory is with you, then you probably won't participate. You know, Pastor Mark shared about some of those, you know, years even in the 90s, you know, where we were doing prayer school and healing school. And Leanne was the one that helped me for those 10 years in prayer school. Annie was the one that helped me to stay on beat when I was singing in the Ramah Singers in band. God has always seen fit to have people to help me. Amen. I guess I've needed a lot of help. But in those days at, at healing school... Leanne, we didn't know what we were doing. Every experience was a brand new one. We acted like, huh. that's just what he does. <laughs> and yet we're freaking out going, oh my gosh, we'd go to the back room, you know, we'd say, can you believe what just happened? We acted on the word. We knew he would back us up and we weren't just on the word alone. You can't take the word of God and have an intention to act on it without the Holy Ghost getting involved. That's right. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost involved, you don't have a miracle. And when you're dragging somebody around that walked in like this, completely twisted, and you're dragging them around the room and they're screaming bloody murder... Your ushers already fell out when I started dragging her. They literally like almost fell to the ground. Mouths completely open going, oh my goodness, this is after a service. 
We didn't have any fanfare. There's no band playing to make everybody dun 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 Oh, look at them run. Praise the Lord. No, this is just like cut and dry. This lady came in late to the service. An hour late, we just happened to be talking about football. And she walked in all twisted completely. She said, is this the healing center? And I said, yes, it is. Are you the healing center instructor? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, oh, good. I need you to pray for me. And I looked at my watch and I tapped it and I said, oh. Oh, it's 4.15. She said, yes. I said, well, healing school is over. You'll have to come back tomorrow. (laughs) And she said, I'll have to come back tomorrow. I said, yes. Did you know that healing school started at 2.15? She said, why, yes, I did. I said, well, people that want to get healed get here on time. (laughs) I said, so you'll have to come back tomorrow. And then a tear just cracked, you know, the corner of her eye and began to come down her cheek. And she said, you mean, you mean you're not going to pray for me? And she's standing there completely twisted. You mean you're not going to pray for me? And I said, well, (sighs) I said, okay, I'll pray for you, but on one condition. She said, what's the condition? And I said, you have to be healed. And she said, well, that's why I came. I said, good. What that means to me is I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to run around this room. And then she looked at me. She said, well, I mean, I'll I'll be healed. (laughs) And I said, that's exactly what the condition is. I'm going to pray for you, and then you're going to run around this room. And she said, well, you know what I mean. I'll be healed. And I said, oh, my goodness, lady, not only are you late, but you're, like, messing this whole thing up. I said, can you get your brain in neutral? And she said, well, I'll try. I said, well, get after it. And then she kind of went like this. I said, are you there yet? She said, I I don't know. I said, hurry up. (laughs) She said, okay, I think I'm there. And I just said, in the name, boom. And she said, that's all you're going to do? I said, at 4.15, that's all that's left. (laughs) Her eyes are just big like this. The ushers are ready to fall out. You know, they're like, oh, my God. And then I just grabbed her hand, and I started running. And she's tripping all over her legs because she can't hardly walk, and she's screaming bloody murder. Ran around halfway around the room, dragging her. And the more I had to drag her, the harder I ran. Halfway around the room, the power of God hit her, and every bone went crack, 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 crack. And now she's standing there looking like this, and she said, oh, my goodness, and took off running. I let her outrun me to the rest, to our starting place, and when I got there, I just took a little time. When I got there, she's over there doing some stretching, going, oh, my God, where did it go? Where did it go? I said, neutral, lady, neutral. Now, if the Holy Ghost isn't in that, I'm going to jail. Okay? I passed up jail multiple times because God bailed me out. Now, when you look at Jesus here in prayer, I want you to see this, and I'll just take another couple seconds and let these ladies go. But listen, when we get to praying, 
or interacting with God, something is being stirred up in you. There are rivers of living water in you, and Jesus didn't give you enough just for one day. I came that you might have life and life more but what does more added to abundantly look like? Because abundantly looks like more than you need. But he said more abundantly. Well beyond your need and provision for the rest of your life. And he gives that to you. And anything you do where you're connected to God, responding to him, interacting with him, stirs that up. Yeah. Yes. And this is what you see, because I want you to see when we pray, there's people in here going to have knees completely made whole. There's people in here that are going to have kidneys completely whole, and you're going to get off your dialysis. There's people in here that are going to have brand new hearts, and your ears will be healed. And there's diseases in this room that are going to leave as quick as they can to get out of the glory. We're not going to have to have a healing meeting for that to happen. All you're going to have is a prayer meeting where we're interacting with him and he's interacting with us. And the glory begins to bellow and move and flow. And this place gets filled with power. Now, we just happened to believe that years ago and then acted on it. I remember one service lands up there singing a new song. I wish what that new song was. I don't remember. Maybe you will. But they're singing it and singing it and singing it and singing it and singing it. And I mean, I'm enjoying it and everyone's enjoying it. But since it's a new one, she sang it about 50 times. And so I'm up there and it's a song about the power. And I'm thinking, how many times do we got to sing about the power until we do something with the power? So I looked at the band and I said, watch me. And they got ready to go right back into singing about the power in that chorus. And the moment I said, watch me. And the moment they went there, I said, cut it. And boom, like this and there. And then they stopped and looked at me like, what would you do? And then I just said, I said, how long do we pray about the power? Sing about the power. Praise about the power until we see the power. And then I just said, I challenge every tumor in this room to a duel. Get down here right now, because every one of them is going to disappear. And there were about, I think, about 15 people that came down, and every single tumor disappeared. And then this one lady decided to act like it wasn't going <laughs> to. And we had some words for her, didn't we? I sent her out. I said, you won't go out three times without that tumor being gone. Because everyone else's went, why is your special? So she went out and she came back and said, it's half the size. I said, good. I said, remember what I said? She said, yeah, three times. I said, then go. She ran out there, came back in. She said, well, it hadn't gone down anymore, but it's warm. It's really hot. I said, all right. Remember what I said? She said, yes, three times. I said, go. She ran out there and then she hung out back at the door. She didn't come in. I knew what she was doing. <laughs> she didn't want to come in here and tell me that it was still only half size. So I looked at her and I said, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. Look at our testimony woman right back there at the door. Come on in here and tell us all the good news. Just, just, just put a little bit of pressure on her. She walked up slowly, halfway up the aisle, and then I ran over there to meet her halfway up. I said, oh, tell me the wonderful story. And she said, well, I mean, it is hot, but I mean, it's still there. 
And then I just said, I said three times and it would disappear. She said, I know, but it's still there. I said, I said three times and it would disappear. And she got a little, you know, edge on her eye, just looked like that at me. And she said, all right, then it just disappeared. (laughs) I said, check it. And we threw a cloth over her so no one could see. She put her hand on her breast and she said, oh, my God, it just disappeared. There's something about prayer that stirs up the fire, the anointing, the power, and that's in this room. So the more we talk about it, and I'll just read the rest, and then I'm going to be quiet. I got some other things, but I'm saying enough already. It goes on to say, a radiant glory illuminated from his entire body. Woo, glory. Do you know what will happen if there's a radiant glory that illuminates in your body, like in your kidney, in your heart, in your liver? Amen. And it gets in those lungs where there's cancer or your lymph nodes where there's cancer. Come on, I'm on the phone with this lady. She's 38 years of age with a six-year-old boy, a single mom, and her body's racked with cancer. She said, I lost all my weight. I lost my hair. I lost my strength. And she said, I lost my hope. My friend said that she talked with a minister, and he said, can I have her phone number? I'd like to talk with her. She said, as a last-ditch effort, my dad and I went to MD Anderson. We thought there might be some new type of treatment so that I could get healed. They came in. They looked at me. They looked at my report. They walked out on the way out. They said, prepare to die. You're not going to live. She said, I got on the phone with this minister. His name was Jim Hockaday. The first thing he asked me was, are you saved? She said, yes, I am. Second thing he asked me was, is God going to heal you? She said, I had to honestly tell him, I don't know. I'm not sure. And she wrote and said, why would I be sure? I've never seen it before. Nothing has changed in my body in this journey I'm on. Why would I believe that anything would change now? He began to tell me story after story of God's wonderful grace and healing power. In mid-sentence, he stopped and said, did you feel that? Did you feel that? That's your healing right there. She said, I fell to my knees. I felt it. I did feel it. Heat went down through my arms into those new uh, 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 cells in my arm, the thyroid, where the cancer now existed. And she said, I felt it in my arms. I raised my hand for the first time on my knees and began to praise God. She said, my dog who never barks, the moment he said, did you feel it? My dog started barking. There were too many coincidences for me to pass this up. I knew Jesus came into my room and healed me that very moment, that very hour. She said, I'm a nurse. I couldn't wait to go to the oncology and get my report done because I didn't want to tell anybody until I could read the report for myself. Ten days later, I read the report. There is no cancer in my body. Prayer? Yeah, prayer. Interaction with God, the spontaneous of God, the randoms of the Holy Spirit, the interaction with Him all day long. It's not just a prayer meeting. It's a prayer life. This is what we do every day when we wake up and we say, Lord, isn't it good to be alive today? Isn't it awesome that you live on the inside of me and God starts speaking to you? Oh, I'm telling you, he loves to speak. And the more we share on things, the more we'll realize 
we are good at hearing him speak. Could you lift your hands for just a moment? Father, we thank you for what you're doing from this point on. Just a few words of encouragement to set our hearts in the right position so that what we hear releases the glory and your wonderful purpose for this meeting shall be fulfilled in the glory. Thank you for everyone in this room. There are tangible anointings falling on people as I speak, and the presence of God is ministering not only to the heart, to the soul, but also to the body. And from this point on, testimonies abound in this service as we interact and enjoy the presence of the Lord. Leanne? Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you are already encouraged in the Lord and could go home right now? It's so good. Glory to God. How many of you know you're healed? Amen? We're healed, we're delivered, and we're set free. Glory. There's nothing like the presence of God. And just thank you, pastors, for letting us come, you know, and be with you guys. We so enjoyed last night and enjoyed uh, this morning with the staff. And we just know that even from the words that uh, Brother Jim spoke, that we've been edified, encouraged, and there's a flow tonight in this meeting. And, and so, Eskindela Vranga is a dungro baliasitam bregeri de duvrambunch de ledeve. And it be a sublam do brono banda, and it be a skewn no tor esi aras telegreen de stay. For there is a supernatural flow in me that's true. And it's a flow that should be your natural if you'll dare to believe in me. That's true. Operate with me, and revelation shall be. Understanding shall come when you sit at my feet. Spending time with me will cause revelation to flow and you'll walk into a deeper, deeper, deeper flow. Understanding Asigudona, Egidili Fresh King Lies, a branded Rusa stand to stay, and you'll operate in the spirit and you'll say, How easy this was. Why didn't I do this all my days? But know that the time is short and things are coming to an end and things are happening more quickly than they ever have because we are at the end. So get ready for training is quick and training is fast and know that the revelation of my spirit is in you, upon you, and you're going to grow really fast. If you believe that, lift your hands up and thank God. <laughs> We're going to grow fast. We're going to grow quickly. Glory to God. To God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Guys, you know, in Ephesians chapter one and Ephesians chapter three, there's an, a prayer that Paul prayed. And we were always encouraged by Brother Hagen to pray these prayers. And I'm sure that you guys have been taught on this. The Ephesian prayers are so wonderful. But in that first chapter of Ephesians, it talks about uh, praying uh, for the eyes of your understanding to be flooded with light, that you would come into the knowledge or the intimate knowledge of him 
and, and have revelation and understanding. And how many of you want more wisdom and revelation and understanding? I'm here to tell you guys tonight, we're all here to tell you tonight that the spirit of God that lives on the inside of you has so much light and understanding and revelation. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the great revealer of truth, that he's the one that is constantly revealing to us the heart of the father. And, you know, um, last night with the students, we I taught for just a, a little bit and I began to share a story that I share all the time that I'm not going to get into detail with. So um, you can get something out there on the table and it's probably on every one of them because God has me share the story all the time. But it's about how I finally got revelation. I know the Holy Ghost. And I was saved at six. I'm not as old as Jim. Jim's very old. I'm not as old. <laughs> I was saved at six. I have the mic, just don't forget. I was saved at six. I actually have one too. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and then I was filled with the Holy Ghost that same night. The moment I was born, the following Sunday, I was in my Pentecostal Holiness Church. And so I've been, like Jim, raised in God my entire life. I did have two weeks of sin, and my two weeks of sin consisted of listening what I thought was wrong to do, rock music, and I cussed a little bit. <laughs> and then I went to a Christian uh, school, and we had a chapel service and a revival, and I remember I could not wait to get down to that altar so I could repent and, and tell Jesus, I'll never do those things again, Lord. You know, so I mean, you know, lived a life in God my whole life, so, so to speak. And then being raised in a Pentecostal home, my mama was a prayer. And she would pray and fellowship with God all the time in front of us kids. And there were five of us kids. You want to say something? You made your scarf. Yeah. So. Oh, hold that. So one. that's got your mic on it. Ah. Thank you for helping me. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Revol I'm going to pull my scarf Roles down. are being reversed right now. Yes, it is. You. It's a miracle. So you know. <laughs> miracle are happening tonight. He's recording this. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to get this on. Is that okay? Yeah? Just don't hit it. Leave it alone. Okay. <laughs> well, you help me again if I need you. Okay. Well, miracles are truly happening. Hallelujah. I, I, I just wanted to bask in the help that he gave me for a moment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But my mama, as a Pentecostal Holy Ghost lady, she would pray and fellowship with the Lord in front of us kids all the time. And so out of all of us kids, the five of us, um, we learned how to fellowship with God in our home life. And so mom would be washing the dishes, but she'd be like, oh, and I mean, she'd be singing in the spirit, praying in the spirit, talking to the Lord, rebuking the devil, you know, so, somebody would call with a prayer request and, and, uh, you know, they would be all discouraged and the enemy was fighting them. And I mean, mom would hang up the phone in the name of Jesus, you know, and she'd start praying. And I remember as a little kid playing and doing stuff and stopping and just watching her because it was a show sometimes. And, um, you know, going, re being raised Pentecostal in a Pentecostal upbringing at the church, I could not wait to get to church because you never knew what was going to happen. 
You know, if Sister Juanita was gonna shake her bobby pins all out of her hair, you know, and you know, if Brother Floyd was gonna get up and sing and shout, you know, and you know, what was gonna happen was the Spirit of God gonna come in and we're all gonna be all out in the floor, just slain in the spirit. And so as a kid, man, I was I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. You know, I'd play my tambourine, you know. I've heard that Aaron over here plays some bad tambourine. Come on now. But I play my little tambourine at church, you know, and stuff. So I was just raised in God my whole life. And I began to learn the realness of God at a young age. And my mom would sing this song, shut in with God in a secret place. Have any of you ever heard that one? There in his presence, beholding his face, gaining new power to run in this race. I love to be shut in with God. Now, as a kid, that became one of my favorite songs because mama taught us how to pray that he's more real than anything else in our lives. And that no matter what you're going through, he's always there. His spirit lives on the inside of us. As I begin to grow in the things of God, and God told me to go to Ramah at 17, I'll never forget, you know, growing in revelation and understanding of the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of us. And then I'll never forget, after graduation, God told me to go back to my home church, be a youth pastor. Then um, I knew after about six years, God began to deal with me. It's time to go back to Ramah now, back in Oklahoma. And then when I got there, I began to travel and itinerate and it wasn't long to where that's where Jim and I began to work together and you know he needed my help really bad and so <laughs> God blessed me um, to, to work really with Jim and that was a compliment so you can smile about that one and um, because I did learn a lot and I grew a lot working with him and I think I'm thankful for for those those years of working with him but I remember as I shared last night, the moments of sitting in prayer schools, I always did the music for him. And afterwards I would sit over to the side with the team. And I'll never forget when John 14 verse 17 became a reality to me. How many of you know the word should be our reality? Amen. And so I'm sitting over here and as I, as he's reading John chapter 14, verse 17 stood out to me and it says the spirit of truth, the world doesn't see or know. And it's Jesus talking, but he said, you know him because he's going to live and dwell on the inside of you. Now I'd been in the ministry for about eight years at that time and I was traveling and I was serving and helping him right there on the campus and stuff. But I sat there on the inside speaking to him. I don't feel like I know you. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud when it comes in the room? If I know you so well, why don't I sense the healing anointing when it's present? If I know you so well, uh, why have I made mistakes? I don't feel like I know you. And then I was having a little bit of attitude. Long story short, God began to speak to me and he told me, you're calling me a liar. Well, I went right back into, but I don't feel like I know you. And I did that probably three times. At the third time, he said, Leanne, how did you get saved? And I thought, are you making fun of me? Because, you know, he was there, you know. And, and I told him, I said, well, hmm, I got it. I know now 
I finally got it. Here I am, a Ray McGrath, been out in the ministry eight years, and I finally realized I need to confess the word, not just if I need healing or if I need finances, but I need to confess the word in my relationship with God. Did you hear that? I needed to confess the word, speak the word over my life in him, my walk in him. And, and not just if I needed something or if I needed, you know, healing or money or favor or whatever. But my faith was to operate in my relationship with him. Because how many of us know we have a soul that tries to talk us out of God's plan? Just like the lady that Jim was ministering to that he just told us about her head would get involved. And I, that's one thing I always loved, another compliment. But it was another thing that I always loved about Jim is how that he would make people get so messed up in what they were thinking that they would accidentally get healed sometimes. Is that a compliment? It is a compliment. Okay. It's a, yeah, um, but it, but it's it's just wild, you know, because he'll say things and, it, and it'll be so against what you believe, you think, and then you're like, oh, how many of you have done that with him? He's been here a lot, right? And um, but how many of you know your soul will try to keep you out of of the fullness of that which you can have in Christ? That's why we need to renew our mind. Isn't that what the Bible says? To renew your mind in the Word, and you keep your mind in line, keep yourself stirred up in the truth, and then you also need to recognize: not only do I have the Word to renew my mind, I have the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of me, and that when I yield to Him and I begin to pray in an unknown tongue that the great revealer, the Holy Spirit reveals unto me the heart of the Father. And Jesus said that in John 14, 17, you know him. Yeah. You know him. Who do you know? The Holy Spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy One, the Comforter, the Helper, the Standby. You know him is what the scripture says. And so how many of you know if you're going to get the word to work for you, you've got to speak the word. And you can't speak what you think in your head all the time because your head's going, well, I don't feel like I know anything. When Brother Hagen, when I was a student, he would talk about it in healing school. He goes, well, the glory of God's just come in the room. And, and it, he, goes, he goes, I can't see the sound guys back there anymore. Because, you know, the Bible talks about well, the glory will come in like a cloud, a mist, a smoke. And he said, I can't see any of you out there. Well, I'd be sitting on the second row, turn around, about break my neck to try to see the glory. And I couldn't see it. Because, see, my head was still involved. And, and I just, I, I would just get aggravated. Brother, Brother Hagen would go on. Well, now the glory's so thick in here, I can't see any of you out there. Are you guys still out there? And everybody would laugh. And I'd turn and look everywhere, couldn't see the glory, and I'd be aggravated. I want to see the glory. Then Brother Hagen would have this one particular service that always stood out to me. He'd put his hand in front of his face. He goes, well, the glory's so thick in here now, I can't even see my hand in front of my face. And I remember sitting there going, ah, I can see your head, your face, and everything. I can see it all. And I would get upset about it. Because I wanted to know him. I wanted to see him. How many of you want to know him more? Yeah. How many more? How many of us want to know him more, see him more, operate with him more? You know, God's just not giving a few people uh, revelation light. 
It's for all of us to walk in the light of the word and to walk in the revelation of the spirit, to live in the spirit. That's why Paul said, walk in the spirit, live in the spirit. You can do it. And it's easy, guys. It's easy. If I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I used to put Brother Hagin up on a pedestal and I still do to some degree. Um, But I just remember as a student sitting there thinking, if he can do it, I can do it. If he can go there, I can go there. If he can have those faith victories, then I'm going to have them in Jesus' name. I was the shyest person probably at Ramah. When I walked down the hallways, I'd put my head down because I didn't want you to give me eye contact because if we got eye contact, then that means I would have to talk to you. And I didn't know what to say and I was embarrassed and I was shy, but something happened when I became a youth pastor. I had kids coming off the streets into the youth group and none of the church kids would talk to them. And in order for them to, to be feel like they were a part, I made myself go back and talk to them and fellowship with them and love on them. And I began to realize, you know what? It is goofy for me to be shy. Why? I, if I say something wrong, so what? Laugh. Who cares? You know, you know, too many times we're afraid of missing things or messing up that we get so intimidated and we live in fear that it keeps us out of the fullness of what God wants to reveal to us. Jim is a bold person. Well, why? Because he's full of himself. (laughs) I had to do it. It was too good. It was just too good. No, keep your mic off. Keep your milk off. No, keep your mic off. No, no. Are you going to say something? I'm, I'm walking in love. Oh. He's so spiritual. Um, but seriously, you know, he's bold. Why? Because he knows who he is in Christ. You know, he's secure. Now, I'm sure when he was younger, I think you've told me that you weren't so secure at all. You know, if you saw some of his pictures when he was a kid, you would understand why. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) We were celebrating some of his birthdays there on campus, and I had to dig into some of his pictures when he was a kid. Do you remember that, Aaron? And it was like, oh. turned out good. (laughs) I'm playing. Yeah. But anyway, you know, he began, I remember when Jim began to get a lot of revelation on who he was in Christ. And I remember the spirit of God told me, he said, stay on his coattails. And I did. And I was like, what he gets, I'm getting. Cause I was serving him at, at the prayer and healing center. And then I became the prayer coordinator and helped him do stuff and then begin to travel brother Hagen too. But I was determined whatever he gets, I'm going, whatever he does, I'm doing. And, and because when he began to get revelation even more, he knew who he was in Christ. But when he began to learn how to meditate the word. Am I right to say this? When he began to learn to how to meditate the word and he began to teach us and show us how to do it, all of a sudden healing school went to a completely different level. And we began to get people healed, delivered, and set free. We weren't intimidated to look at somebody and just talk just as bold as he would be uh, to someone and talk to them about who they are. I mean, the spirit of God came on me one time. I was in my office and two of the healing school technicians brought a lady into my office because she had been 
healed of cancer and um, and now cancer had come back on her and she had come back to healing school to take hold of her healing again because see too many times people drop things they'll quit meditating the word they'll quit speaking the word get caught up in life again and the relationship with God isn't growing and then the enemy gets in and so that's what had happened and they were like we've been in the text told me that we've been ministering to this lady and and she's not listening she's not doing what we're telling her to do she's not meditating the word I said bring her in here and so I looked at her and I said why aren't you doing what the healing school technicians are telling you to do to meditate the word you know how to do that you've been healed of this you are healed of this she says no I don't know and as I'm sitting there all of a sudden without me even thinking I looked at her and I said very loudly well if you're gonna be silent then go ahead and die <laughs> the two healing techs sitting there looked at me and they were <gasps> and on the inside I was going oh my god Jim Hockaday has rubbed off on me I saw that coming big crocodile tears just streamed down her face I said you know we love you after saying something like that you gotta come back with love you know <laughs> you know we love you we're just trying to, to help you understand that if you're not going to work the word, if you're not going to speak the word, then it's not going to work for you. Silent Christians are dead ones. You've got to speak what the word says. You know, and so we begin to minister to her and thank God she was healed. Thank God she came out of it again. Glory, glory, glory to God. So knowing who we are in Christ will cause us to rise up and speak from that place where we're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And when the Spirit of God begins to deal with us to say things and speak things out we'll boldly do it and it's not for I hear it now by the Spirit of God right now sitting here it's not just for the five-fold ministry gifts to do these things but it's for every believer because why believers lay hands on the sick and make them well it didn't say just the prophet just the apostle right the pastor the teacher the evangelist he said believers so every single one of us are to be doing the very works of Christ operating in this in this confidence of who we are in him and operating in confidence wow the power supply of the spirit of God lives on the inside of me Amen. and the Bible says not just Leanne but the Bible says that you know the spirit of God and when you begin to meditate Jesus you just said in John 14 17 that I know you I don't feel like I know you if you're like me I went back and forth with the Lord and him telling me that I was calling him a liar then finally all of a sudden it was like duh I need to confess the word that afternoon I went home from prayer school and healing school and I said holy ghost guess what I found out today I found out that I know you and then when I begin to talk like that and begin to speak out of my heart like that from a place of faith and confidence, I, let, I didn't let my head go back to, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to flow in the spirit. I'm just going to stay on Jim's coattail and I'm just going to help him. I had to, no, I had to start speaking what the word said about me, what the word says about you. How many of you know the word works? Yeah. 
And when we speak it, it will begin to be manifested. Two weeks goes by. I begin to speak the word like that by faith. Holy Ghost, I know you because I know you. I hear you. I see you. I follow you. Holy Ghost, because I know you, you're more real to me than my family and my friends. You're more real to me than the car that I drive. You're more real to me than the house that I live in, the bed that I sleep in. You're more real to me than anything else in life. I'm so glad I know you, First John 2, 20. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. And then, you know, myself, I'd be like, I don't feel like I know squat diddly. But that didn't come out of here. I would immediately go, no, I know the Holy Ghost. See, we've got to hook our mouth up to our heart and what the word says and begin to speak it no matter what. Just like you walked out of having a sickness or disease because you confessed the word or you needed money and money came in and you spoke the truth and you stood on the word. The same goes with your relationship with God. Use your faith. If he says you hear my voice and no other voice do you follow, then that's what you believe. You don't believe. I don't know anything I can't hear. I don't even know if it's you talking to me right now, God. Let me tell you a story. When I was a first year Rhema student, I came to school, sorry, as a Pentecostal kid. We knew the flow of the Holy Ghost, dance, shout, run, man, have a Holy Ghost time. We knew all of that. But we wasn't, we were not taught faith. We were not taught the word like word of faith people are. And so when I went to Rhema, I just sat in awe of all the teaching of the word and my life was transformed. But in those first few weeks, I felt dumber than dumber because my roommates were all from Rhema churches, Word of Faith churches, and they every day, oh, Leanne, let me tell you what God told me today. Oh, it was so awesome. And I'd go, really? What did he say? And they would tell me, and I'd go, oh, that's awesome. But you know, after a while, I got sick of hearing it. <laughs> and the reason why is because I wasn't hearing nothing. So I thought. I didn't think I was hearing anything. And so, will you, will you turn? Will you help me again? One more time. Job 23. Oh, Lord. You don't so, know it? Huh? You don't know it? Yes, I know it, but I, have to, I want to read it so I'm accurate. Leave me alone. Just help me. Joel 3? Job 23. Job. Okay. It's in the Old Testament. I know where it's at. Okay, okay. So anyway, so, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times they would say to me, um, oh, Leanne, listen to what God said to me in prayer school today. Oh, listen to what God said. And it would just go on and on and on and on and on. And I would be standing there with a fake smile. Oh, that's wonderful. And on the inside, I hate your stinking guts. <laughs> just being real with you. <laughs> I was 17, 18 years old, you know, and I was just like, ugh. And so... She's I went nicer to, now. Yes, I am nicer now. I went to prayer school, and Patsy Caminetti was up speaking, and she was teaching, and she said, you know, you need to make a date with God. And I remember thinking, what? She said, you need to make a date with God. She said, oh, when I was a student, I don't know if you guys know Patsy. Has she been here before? She says, oh, when I was a student, I would make a date with God, and I would meet him in the cow pasture. And I thought, that's gross. I go, this is ridiculous. I'm so aggravated. I'm so ticked off. I can't believe this. And so I'm standing out there on the hill, overlooked the Broken Arrow Expressway, and there I stood. And I, on the inside, I thought I heard, look forward. Is that you, God? 
That's the devil. That's me. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I looked up. I didn't see squat. I didn't see nothing. Then I heard, look backward. I thought, look backward? That's the weirdest way. You mean look behind me? I am making this stuff up. I just shook my head. Oh, this is ridiculous. But I still turned around and I looked. There was nothing. Then look to your left. Look to your right. Nothing. I got mad, mad. I go, this is ridiculous. I've got to go to work. This is, ugh. And I started walking down the hill, going back to the apartment to get finished getting ready. And I was just ticked off. I can't believe I just stood out here. And then on the inside, I heard, read Job 23. And I was like, there's nothing good in Job. <laughs> And then I heard, then I heard, uh, well, I didn't hear this. My head said, read Psalms 23, because Psalms 23 is a good one. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I thought, that's what it's got to be. So uh, when I got inside, I sat down on the bed. I looked at Psalms 23. I was like, why am I doing this? I know this by heart. And I thought, what's it going to hurt if I look at Job 23? So I turned to Job 23, and I'm going to read just a portion of it to you. Then Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. I thought, wow, Job, you and I got something going on here. <laughs> he said, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Uh-huh. That I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Well, I got him, and I'm sitting there. Huh, huh, okay, this could be a little something from God. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Well, he plead against me with his great power, and then it was just like yada, 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 yada. You know, it didn't mean nothing to me. Then verse 8, behold, I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him, he hides himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him, but he knows the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Well, you can imagine how I felt. Here I am, you know, 17, 18 years old, I'm crying. Oh, God, that was you out there on the hill. You were speaking to me the whole time. How many of you know God talks? He's not mute. And he desires fellowship. He desires relationship. He wants to spend time with you. He's real and he's alive and he lives on the inside of us. He's given us his spirit. You know, when Jesus came to the earth, he paid the price in full. But then he began to tell everybody, the disciples, hey, guys, there's somebody that's coming after me. I've got to hurry up, get my job done, get out of here so that he could come because I'm going to send him to you. Well, who do you think that was? The Holy Spirit. And he sent the Holy Spirit, who is the great revealer of truth. He's the one that Jesus said, you know, and we do know him. And the thing about it is, here we are walking around in earth with the third person of the Godhead dwelling on the inside of us, and we will still act, I don't know what God wants. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't understand God. I can't hear God. I just don't know what he's saying. And then it, that's when you need to smack yourself. <laughs> because if you are a Bible believer, 
You'll speak what the word says and you'll make your head be silent. How many of you have ever made yourself walk in love? Yeah? I, di- I didn't mean that towards you. No, it was towards Annie. No, I'm kidding. But how many of us have made ourselves walk in love? Or have you ever been shopping and somebody from the church is in the place and you love them dearly, but every time you see them, they want to talk for 45 minutes? And it's usually about some great revelation, a word, or God's given them. And it's not that you don't love them and esteem them, but you don't have the time. You had to run in and run out. But then all of a sudden, smack, boom, there they are right in your face. And where you first were like, oh, man, I don't want to see them. Oh, hi, Brother John. How you doing? It's good to see you. And you put on love. When your flesh was wanting to say, how can I sneak out of here quick? Guys, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. We've got to let peace rule. We've got to let the love of God shine through us. We've got, God's not going to make us be spiritual. He's not going to make you flow with him. He's not going to make you have visions and dreams. That's one thing that we need to remember. The devil is the pusher. God isn't. God is sovereign and just. And he's not going to make you do stuff. But he'll speak to your heart. How many of you have ever rebuked God before? I have because I thought it was was the devil talking to me. Oh, come on. Nobody's ever done that but me. Thank you for those few hands. Jim, did you raise your hands in? I I didn't see any hands. Oh, yeah, right. I did. But how many times do we think that God's not speaking to us and he is? How do we get the word to work in our lives is by speaking it and using our faith in our relationship with God. If he says, hey, you have an unction and anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Do we know everything in our head? Some people kind of think they do, but the Holy Spirit, I'm playing, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you does know all things, right? And so you might not be able to say, um, Oh, man, I know what God wants me to do. And, you know, or somebody walks up to you and they're, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is what God has shown me and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I've told the students at Ramah, I've told them, I said, don't you ever look at somebody and say, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I don't like talk like that. Because when you need to know it, you're going to know it. So why are you already dogging it before it even takes place? Begin to speak out of faith. I know the spirit of God. God wants us to rise up in the body of Christ and begin to speak from places of faith according to our relationship with him. He said, he said that you know him. Well, I don't feel like it. He didn't ask how you felt. He said, you know him. And if you know him, you know him. And so you speak from that place of faith and confidence. He lives on the inside. I'm going to tell one story and then I'm going to stop. One story I'll never forget it years ago when I became the prayer coordinator of Rhema, God began to deal with me about making some adjustments within the prayer program. As I was praying it all out, it was some big adjustments to me. And I thought, Father, I don't want to make a mistake about this. So all the prayer leaders, I called them in for a meeting an hour before church. And I said, guys, I want you to help me pray right now because there are some things that are going on um, with me that God's dealing with me about making some changes. 
and I want to make sure that we're doing the right thing because Rama's big and Rama, all the prayer groups, you know, close to over 500 uh, people, you know, 600 um, are in the prayer program. And I, I, we, I don't want to make mistakes about this. And so I just said, let's pray. So we began to pray in this meeting, and all the prayer leaders were out here just like this, you know. And I'm up on the uh, at the podium, and we're praying. My eyes are closed. I prayed a prayer in English, and I, then I said, now let's just pray in the Spirit. You know, when you don't know how to pray like you should, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you does, Romans 8, 26. So we begin to yield to him. As we begin to pray in the Spirit, wow. It was some, a lot of unction. There's nothing like praying with a group of people that want to pray and that love to pray and are prayers. Amen? And so we're praying, and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden, I felt a breeze go by my left side. And I thought, oh, who came up here to pray with me? So I opened my eyes. Key, I kept praying. And, and I looked all around, and nobody had. I looked up and thought, is there a vent? And there was an event. And I thought, well, that's strange. But I closed my eyes, and I just kept praying, just praying in the Spirit. Then all of a sudden, I felt a breeze around my right side and I thought okay I'm going to catch whoever's doing this and I opened my eyes real fast and there wasn't anybody even with their head up they were all with their heads bowed praying nobody was moving around and so I thought what in the world and then as I did that who somebody stood it was a I didn't know if it was an angel or if it was Jesus but they stood at the podium in front of the podium and the presence just enveloped the entire podium and I'm standing there going whoo whoa father who is this what is this is an angel with a message what I, I you know I wasn't seeing anything I could just sense something and so I, I told everybody, I said, guys, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you ever tried to stop a, a, a freight train going somewhere? <laughs> a bunch of prayers that know how to pray. They're, oh, no, 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 they're going after it. I wasn't mic'd that night. And so I had to shout it. Everybody, wait a minute. All of a sudden, they finally all opened their eyes, and some of them were like, we just started. I said, I know, but i got to tell you something. I said, and then I told him the story. A breeze on my left side, my right side. Someone's here at the podium. I said, do any of you know who it is? And they looked at me like I was crazy and said, no. And shook their, all, all of them shook their heads. There was probably about, I don't, can't remember if it was 50 or 70 liters. And I said, well, I said, I don't either. So let's just go ahead and pray again. And we'll see if, if they're going to speak. And so we went back to praying. Eyes closed, spirit of God praying in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden I heard him speak. And when I heard him speak, I knew his voice. I'd known him since I was a little girl. It was Jesus. And he said to me, he goes, my stamp of approval is upon the prayer program here at Ramah. And then he paused, and I thought, what's wrong? Why isn't he still talking? And I'm, you know, because I'm not seeing him. I'm just sensing his presence and can hear him. And then I realized, oh, he wants me to tell them. Guys, wait a minute. It's Jesus. And I said, he just said that this, his stamp of approval is upon the prayer program here at Ramah. We're doing it right. And then he, had, he said something else, and I repeated it. He said something else. I repeated it. And I did that a few times. And then all of a sudden, a spirit of prayer fell in the auditorium. And everybody in the auditorium began to pray in the Holy Ghost. Here I am, the leader. I didn't tell him to pray. I didn't say, now let's pray. 
No, they just all started praying. Brother Hagin used to talk about that, about being in services and the spirit of prayer would fall. And, uh, and everybody would pray. They, they, you had to pray. I mean, you, you just, whoa, it was just there. And, and that was one of those type of meetings. Everybody was praying. And before I knew it, I had walked away from the podium, stood over on this side, and began to pray. I got hooked back up and was praying with them and praying. Oh, there was so much an anointing and unction on it. And I'm praying in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, I remembered something. Why in the world did I come over here? Jesus was at the podium. And so I went back over to the podium. I couldn't sense him anymore. He wasn't talking anymore. Well, now I'm ticked off. And they kept praying. It didn't matter. I didn't tell them to pray anyway. I'm the leader, but it doesn't matter. They're going for it. They're having a time in God. I'm aggravated because Jesus was here. Now he's not here. And so I crossed my arms and I, and I just stood there at the podium, just aggravated. I was like, I can't believe, Lord, that I walked away from you and you were here. About that time, the back door to the side opened of the auditorium. And I thought, well, who's coming in the auditorium? And I glanced over. And when I did, it was a man in a white robe. My eyes are wide open. I watched him walk in from the back door. He came down the middle aisle. Everybody's praying, 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 praying. I'm having this experience right now. And it was Jesus. When he got to the podium, he was smiling so big at me. And then, this is just what he did, you know, with me. He, he tilted his head like this. He goes, Leanne, the same manner in which I came into this room tonight is the same manner in which I live in you always. I go, huh? <laughs> the same manner in which I came into this room tonight you know, felt a breeze on my left, breeze on my right. <sighs> the same manner that I came into this room tonight is the same manner in which I, how I live in you always. And then just like that, <sighs> revelation, he was gone like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I might not be able to see him with my natural eye anymore, but <gasps> he's in me, he's here. Oh, I know him. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're with me. I got revelation. How many of you love getting revelation? I got revelation that oh, he's with me. He's with me. How many of you know the spirit of God is in us? Amen. And Jesus said, you know him. Yeah. You know him. He lives in us. He dwells in us. And he wants to reveal to us the heart of the father. And he wants us to operate in faith. Act like you know me because you know me. I'm your very own father. How many of you have a mom and dad? <laughs> you know, um, if my mom would call me and I said, who is this? How would your mom respond? What do you mean? I raised you. <laughs> what if your dad walked into the house and you're like, who are you and what are you here for? The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And if your soul is not in tune with him, then you get in the word and you read the word and you begin to speak the word about your walk, your relationship with him, and you begin, Holy Ghost, I know you because I know you. Whoo, you're real to me. I know you. I know you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't tell you how many times that I would meditate, Holy Ghost, I know you because I know you. I've got this. I would be called upon to do 
do things, to do things at Rama and do things in my own ministry, traveling. I wouldn't know what to do. I remember one time it was Kindle the Flame. I don't know if any of you ladies have ever been to Kindle the Flame, a women's conference that Miss Lynette Hagen puts on every year in September. For nine years, I led all the music. And sometimes Patrick, a piano player, would lead as well. And this particular meeting, the Kindle the Flame Women's Conference, we, you know, we decided, you do one service, I'll do the next service. You do one service, I'll do the next one. And we would trade off. Well, it's the end of the conference. How many of you get tired at the end of a conference? I do. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. It's the end of the conference. It's the candlelight service. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But it's now 11 o'clock at night because it always would go late. And so um, we, as the group, we went up because we always usually would sing a song as we're dismissing and but Patrick was in charge that night it's just me and the prayer school team we're going up and we're going to sing back up with Patrick I didn't pick up the inner ears I didn't you know the monitors and stuff I didn't go get them I did they didn't turn the monitors on in the front and so, but I thought who cares I'm following them I can sing a harmony part come on you know and so I'm standing there and Miss Lynette is talking she's at the end of the platform and she's talking and it sounded like Charlie Brown's mom wah 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 the auditorium's very large, and so without inner ears or a monitor in front of you, you can't understand squat. And so here I am, and I'm just smiling, and I'm looking around the room, and I'm thinking, what does Jerry want for, for, for me to bring home? What, I wonder what he's doing right now. And I'm just thinking, because I'm tired, and I'm just wanting to go home. I want to see my husband, and blah, 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 you know. Hadn't been married real long. And, and so there I stand, and then all of a sudden, I heard my name, and it was Patrick over here, and he yelled my name. And I looked over at him. I go, what? He goes, Miss Lynette's yelling, calling you. And she's going, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I mean, I think there was over 2,000 or more ladies in this conference. And, and I go, I, look, I go, what is she saying? She wants you to sing something. I thought, sing something? You're supposed to be leaning on me. And she's looking at me to do it. And, and I, I, I was taught at Rama from Pastor Miss Lynette, when we call upon you to do something, you jump, you have it, you, you're, you're on it. You ask these guys. I mean, you better be on it instant, instant, instant. Um, otherwise, you're going to get it. And, and so, I mean, I thought, dear God. And, but my head was starting to freak out in just seconds. <gasps> I haven't even been listening. I have no idea what she was talking about. I don't know what she wants me to do. Holy Ghost, I know you because I know you. I got this. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to sing? What am I supposed to say? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Holy Ghost, I know you. But I'm standing there just going... And she kept talking a little bit, and I was thinking, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Don't I have no idea what you say, but Holy Ghost, I know you, I know you, I know you, I got it, I got it. And she goes, and I heard her go, Leanne. And she's turning around, looking at me, and I go, huh? And I thought, I feel a Holy Ghost shout coming on. And I just sang it, didn't tell them what I was going to do, didn't tell the team. I just, I feel a Holy Ghost shout. And as I sang it, the whole team and Miss Lynette started dancing and shouting and running all around. I was like, oh, thank you. stories like that about how that I would have to step out by faith and you know what I found out I do know the Holy Ghost he lives on the inside of me and you know him you know him you can hear him he's speaking he's not mute he talks so start talking from a place of faith I do know him don't be like me a first-year Rhema student rebuking God out there on the hill why because I didn't think I was hearing him and the whole time he's talking to me God is talking. He's not mute. He wants to reveal to you. 
his heart, his plan, his purposes. How many of you want to go deeper? How many of you want to go further? Amen. Amen. How do we do it? By speaking the word and using our faith and our relationship with him and launching out into the deep. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, there's a lot of times Jim and I, and sometimes Annie will pop in with us on Mondays. We do prayer school live. It's on on Facebook. You can jump on anytime you'd like with us. And there are times that we don't know what we're going to pray about. We don't know what we're going to do, but we do it by faith. And then before you know it, we start praying and words in English start coming out. But you know what? I do it in faith. And I know Jim does too. We step over in faith. We step over in confidence in our relationship with God that we know the spirit of God and we hear his voice. We follow him. So don't have a dull prayer time. If you have a dull prayer time, it's not God. It's you having the problem. It's because you're not believing that he's real. Oh, I believe he's real. Well, then if somebody's real, they have a heartbeat and they've got a personality and and they're not dull. Well, maybe some of you are, but God's not. (laughs) I'm playing. God's not dull. He's he's alive and he's real. Amen. So let's fellowship with him. Amen. 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 All right. I'm sorry I went long, Annie. (laughs) 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 Jim went long too, though. (laughs) I think we just need to do this. That's right. That's right. We just need to do this. This has been such an amazing example already tonight. James said that Elijah was a man subject to the same passions we are. And he prayed that it wouldn't rain, then he prayed that it would rain. He's showing us that that people are people, but God is always God. And we can have these kind of interactions. We can Mm -hmm. still interact with God and have these kind of questions. We can still go, am I hearing right? Am I not hearing right? All these things that we've already heard tonight started off with Jesus and his disciples going up and the glory of God manifesting. Because this interaction with God is absolutely the realest thing we could experience. Because we're we're spirit beings. Mm -hmm. We're spirits first. Jesus said to the woman at the the well in John chapter 4, when she finally realized that he was a prophet, won't go into the whole event, but when she finally realized that he was a prophet, she said, oh, oh, how can I contact God? Mm Mm-hmm. She said, you know, our fathers worship this way. You Jews say that in Jerusalem. Her real question was, how can I contact God? You seem to know him. Yeah. How can I contact God? And Jesus said this, God is spirit. Yes. God is spirit. The good news is, so are we. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And so we can absolutely contact him spirit to spirit. And that is the only way we really can. He's not a mind. He's not a body. He's a spirit. And so we contact him spirit to spirit. Your mind will get in the way or get on the way. (laughs) It can sometimes fight you. It can sometimes go along with. But if you know you're a spirit first. Yes. And you can reconcile these things. And even if you're having conversations on the inside of you, like Leanne was, you know, God, I don't know. Yes, I do know you. And going back and forth, we can always come back to what he already said about us. And what he already said about us is that we bear witness by the Holy Ghost on the inside of us that we are the sons of God. Yes. And if we're the sons of God, we can be, expect to be led by the Spirit of God. We can expect to be filled with the Spirit of God. We can expect to communicate with the Spirit of God because we are in the family. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. So yeah. we need to do it. Yeah. 
Come on, stand up to your feet right now. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Some of you have had, uh, or many of you have had one or more of every expression that's been expressed tonight. You have had every question or you have had every experience in some way similar to what Jim and Leanne have already shared with us. You have had questions or you have had confidence. And you can be in the same conversation and have both. But thank God, (laughs) I believe tonight, the Holy Spirit's been hovering all evening. God's been, you know, hovering in the sense of just wanting to envelop us and wanting us to experience him in all of this. Praise God. And so I I want to encourage you to lift up your your voices in just a moment so that you can hear yourself speak. Don't be silent. Don't keep your mouth shut and just think thoughts of God. But open your mouth because he's as real to you As Leanne said, I know him. And if he's worth talking to, he's worth talking to out loud. There are times, yeah, we can be silent, but in this place tonight, so that your own voice can hear your, your words, so that you can say on purpose, God, I know you enough to talk to you tonight. Glory to God. And not just talking, but at the same time, just like in any conversation that you can have with another person, or that you can have in a group of people. You can talk and listen at the same time. (laughs) Many times. You can be talking and still hearing what he's saying. It's a conversation. Glory to God. Some of you just need to solidify it in yourself tonight. Consecrate yourself. Surrender yourself to saying, I do know him. I do know him. And I'm going to begin to say it like I mean it. I'm going to be, I'm going to do what Leanne did. I'm going to grab hold of this tonight. And he's going to be more real to me than he has ever been in my life. Some of you have had him be real to you at other times in your life, but you've kind of gotten a little lazy or gotten a little lax because of everything else going on around you. But you can focus right back in and grab hold of that experience tonight. He wants you to experience him. He's not a mind that we just know things about him. He's he's an absolute personality that we can experience just like we experience people around us. Glory to God. So if you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, you already have a prayer language, I'm going to invite you to lift up your voice in other tongues. If you don't already have a prayer language, but you've just been inspired tonight. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm ready for that next level experience in God. Then in just a few moments, you're gonna even have a desire to wanna say something that's not in English because the room is charged with his presence. And the Bible says whoever asks will receive. That's right. That's and right. we can just ask to be filled Thank tonight. You, if you're Thank already you, born again, you can ask to be filled Say with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. I'm not going to have a formal call for it right now, but I'm just, uh, see, we're already sensing His presence. Come on, stir up. Stir that up on the inside of you tonight. 
consecrate yourself, yield yourself, surrender yourself to him. But let's lift up our voices to him. You're so real to us. You're so real to us. You're so real. And now be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled speaking. Begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want to help some of you tonight. We want to help some of you tonight. I look around and I see uh, a lot of people engaged. The majority of you, praise God. But I also see some whose mouths are not moving. <laughs> You're just looking at everybody else or just looking at us. And, and it's like, where do I start? What, where, do I, where do I begin? Every interaction with God is through the heart. 
every interaction with God is through the heart. But it's also expressed through the mouth. Every, it's what I call spirit communication, is heart and mouth. It's how you got saved. Leanne said it, Lord said, how'd you get saved? Well, I believe something in my heart and I confessed it with my mouth. Every interaction with God is received through believing in the heart and expressing something with your mouth. And so to want to interact with God, you can't just think it. Because again, he's not a mind. There's an interaction with God that you will never truly experience until you get your heart and your mouth going in the same direction. And you might feel sometimes, well, I feel, I feel self-conscious. I mean, I can't see him. I don't, how do, how do you interact with someone you can't see? Leanne's been talking about, she, she saw him. Oh, I don't see him. I don't see the glory. I don't know. You know, and we, 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 our heads get in the way again. Sometimes we try to reconcile all these thoughts and how do you do that? But I'll tell you what you do it every day. You, you, you talk to people you can't see every day. Yeah. I didn't say they don't exist. <laughs> I said, I, you talk to people you don't see every day and it's normal. When you talk on the telephone, it's normal. You can communicate with someone that you can't see. It's absolutely normal. You have an, a, a normal conversation with someone you can't see, but you'll picture them, especially if you know them. You picture them, you can tell, it's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm at Walmart. Now you picture them at Walmart. <laughs> we, we automatically have this need to connect. And so we'll picture that, that one we're talking to. Even if you've never met the person on the other end of the phone, you might be doing business with somebody you've never met, but you'll assign a face to them. Your, your brain will automatically, you know, assign a gender, a face, an ethnicity, maybe a, an age. You, you, you picture that person by the sound of their voice. It may not look anything like them, but who cares? There's a need to connect. And so you, you make up a person. You have the ability. God's put the ability on the inside of every person to see unseen things. We can all see unseen things. It's not just a spiritual thing. We all have the ability to see unseen things. Use it. Use it. Well, what if I picture God and he doesn't look anything like it? Who cares? The Bible says when we see him, we'll know him. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter, but put a, put a personality, put a face, put a, put him in such intimacy with you that you can see him when you speak. Because the more real he gets to you, the more real you will be with him. Have a real conversation with God. Don't try to sound churchy. Don't try to sound Bible-y. <laughs> Just talk to him. Heart and mouth. Heart and mouth. Let this night be a new surrendering point for you. Let this night be a new consecration point. I'm never going to be the same. I'm going forward with God. And I'm going to make sure that I am focused on him. Yes. Hallelujah.
talent. 